The story of St. George and the Dragon is one of those saint stories that makes the whole enterprise feel questionable. Like the enterprise of having saints at all. These miraculous stories of like people being unharmed by flames or talking to animals or slaying imaginary beasts, they make even the more plausible stories seem less likely. Like if you're telling me George killed a dragon, did Bridget from last week really give all her family's butter away? Did Nicholas ever toss a bag of money down a chimney? Did Francis really renounce his inheritance and strip naked in the public square? Or are all of those stories made up like this one? What's the point of telling a saint story that can't possibly be true? In case you don't know it, as I really didn't, here's one version of George's story. Once upon a time, there was a kingdom a tiny little kingdom with a single well in the middle of town. And one day a dragon came to live beside that well. When the dragon first arrived, the people just like tried to hold off from getting more water as long as they could. But they got thirstier and thirstier until it was finally clear they would have to do something. So someone had an idea. What if we bring a sheep with us? to the well, and we can feed the sheep to the dragon, and it will distract the dragon, and while the dragon is busy eating, we can get water from the well. So that's what they did. They fed a sheep to the dragon, and they drew as much water as they could before he was done, and they stretched it out as long as they could before they fed the dragon another sheep, and it worked for a while. One by one, they took their sheep to the well and drew out the water, and the kingdom got by. And then one day they ran out of sheep. And the people of the kingdom didn't know what to do. They couldn't go long without water, and they had no more animals to feed the dragon. And then someone had another idea. We can feed our children to the dragon. And of course, nobody wanted to do that. But if they didn't find a way to get water, all of their children were going to die anyway, so they agreed to it. They set up a lottery system, and one by one, they fed the kingdom's children to the dragon so that they could draw water from the well. And then one day, the lot fell to the princess of the kingdom, of course. And with many tears, her parents sent her off to the well to be eaten, but on the way, she met a soldier in the army of the emperor, a soldier named George. He asked why she was crying, and she told him about the well and the dragon and the system that the kingdom had devised for getting its water. And George didn't think it sounded like a really good system. So he walks to the well, and in the name of Jesus, he kills the dragon, and the princess is spared, and the people could draw water freely from that day on. That's the story of St. George, more or less. And I hope you won't think I'm too heretical if I say, as I have already said, I don't think it happened. <laughs> I know it's controversial, but I'm coming out and just saying it. I don't believe in dragons, which makes it very hard to believe that St. George killed one. So why tell this story? Why make up a story that is so obviously false? 
What's it supposed to teach me about following Jesus? And, and how can it teach it when I know it's not true? When everyone who ever read this story knows it's not true because they never, ever saw a dragon. I read this story of St. George for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Around the time when Rochelle and I were starting to watch the second season of the Netflix docu-series, Cheer. We had devoured the first season in two days. It was the perfect pandemic binge, like light and uplifting, plenty of inspiring characters doing incredible things. But then between seasons, as you may know, one of the main characters, Jerry Harris, was arrested on child pornography charges and all of the positive energy that the show had drained out of it. I was surprised that the second season even came out and I went into it with a feeling of dread, waiting for the moment when the full story would have to be told. And then in episode five, it was. In episode five, we hear from Sam and Charlie, two of the boys who Harris harassed and abused and the two who first spoke out and brought on this reckoning that went much further beyond a single individual to an entire system that was putting kids in danger. And as I heard these two courageous children talk about what had happened to them and the actions that they took, it was George's story that was echoing in my head because what struck me about the story of the boys speaking out was how impossible it seemed to them at the beginning. How insurmountable the challenge that they faced. For all of the reasons that those stories are always hard to tell, and also because their abuser was being tapped to be the Oscars correspondent for Ellen DeGeneres. He was being interviewed by President Biden on TV. He was famous and powerful, especially in that tiny kingdom of all-star cheerleading where those boys lived. That kingdom was thriving on the popularity of that show that made him famous. Lots of people were benefiting from it. Everyone had a stake in keeping the thing going. What hope did these two boys have of bringing that down? Of having their story believed? What struck me is the way that that is always the story with broken systems. How once you've gotten your way into them, it's hard to imagine a way out. Of course, we don't want to sacrifice our children to the dragon, but how else would we get water? Or how even if you can imagine a different way, you may feel powerless to do anything about it. Like, we've always gotten our water this way. Who am I to change it? Other people have probably thought of taking on the dragon before. Why am I the different one? And even if someone is, is willing to step out and try to make a change, the resistance they face from those who are invested in that broken system, the way that after a while a system becomes its own justification. How, do you, how dare you question the way we get water? I gave my child so you have something to drink. I heard the echoes of St. George in the fears that Sam and Charlie expressed 
the impossible nature of the choice they were given, and I also heard the echoes of St. George in the incredible bravery they showed in speaking out anyway. Braver than St. George, really, because their dragons were not imagined, and because they came from within that little kingdom where believing that change is possible is hardest. And I want to pause here to say, while it is incredibly brave of them, it shouldn't be incumbent on survivors of abuse or of any other broken system to be the ones to notice that brokenness and take action, especially when they're kids. Sam and Charlie did face all of the resistance they feared. They were attacked and ostracized. They lost friends. But they also found a lot of support people who believed their stories, and more importantly, people who had stories like theirs, who had been waiting for someone to say something. People who knew the system was broken but were watching and waiting for any sign that it could be fixed, that the dragon was vulnerable, that change was possible. And once Sam and Charlie spoke out, it did start to seem possible. What before would have sounded miraculous, they could believe it. A story that they feared couldn't possibly be true. It was happening. The change that nobody believed in had already started. I saw something different in this scripture this week, in this story that I've heard and preached many times before. I noticed something that hadn't ever struck me, how little resistance Jesus actually faces here. Like, I've always read this story as about a group of hardcore religious people, violent people who, who bring this woman to Jesus with stones in their hands, just daring him to defy their right to kill her. But if that's right, then what happens next doesn't make a lot of sense. Because as soon as Jesus challenges him, as soon as he speaks up at all, they just drop their stones and leave. They don't argue, they don't press, they just go. As if they've been hoping all along that that's what he would do. As if that's exactly why they've come to Jesus in the first place. Not because they're excited about killing this woman, but because they're terrified of it. Because they want out of it. Maybe this isn't the first time they've been asked to do this work, to carry out this punishment. Maybe they're haunted by the things that they've done in the name of this system. Maybe they come to Jesus because they hope that if anyone can, he can tell them the impossible story that there is another way. That they'll be able to see it, that something they can't imagine because they're too deep in a broken system. And yes, they may be coming to him to justify themselves, like the story says, but maybe they're also looking to be proven wrong, to be shown that the dragon is not so strong, that they are not actually powerless, that something can be done, however unlikely it seems at that moment. And Jesus crouches down to draw in the sand very weirdly, and he tells them, if you think what you've come to do here is just, then go ahead. 
If you think this punishment is appropriate, have at it. If you think the system is, is fair and good, if you think it's working, then do what the system tells you to do. Throw your stones. But, but if you don't, let's imagine a different way. And it's what they've been waiting for, or, or at least it's what does the trick. It's what makes the impossible seem possible. It's what frees them from this system that they didn't want to be in anymore. The first sign that there's another way, that the powerful can be brought down, that the dragon is vulnerable, that things don't have to stay the way they are. I think that's why people tell these saint stories the fantastical ones, the miraculous ones, the ones that couldn't possibly be true. I think the world is waiting to hear impossible stories of dragons being slain, of deeply broken systems being fixed, of good that turns out incredibly to be stronger than evil. I think the dragons of our world depend upon those stories not being told. That the world is waiting for stories of monsters defeated in a single blow by the first one who ever bothered to try. Stories of brave kids bringing down powerful systems that endangered them. Stories of a resistance that waits just beneath the surface, longing to be shown there is some other way. None of which is to suggest that taking on those dragons turns out to be easy. The whole point is that it's impossible. But maybe we tell ourselves these stories where the unbelievably strong monster turns out to be not that strong. Where the powerless ones turn out to have greater power than they ever believed. Where there are so many others just waiting for the first sign of hope to join in the resistance. Maybe we tell ourselves these stories so that we may one day believe them enough to make them true. <laughs>